Welcome to Stories from Eorzea, Chapter 2! This has been a long time coming, and I apologize. When I first started this podcast, I thought, you know what? I'll do it on a weekly schedule, and everyone will love me, and I'll become super famous. But it turns out that editing is hard, and it takes a while, and I kept putting it off for a long time. So, I don't know, we'll see how often this comes out every other week, maybe just whenever I decide to put an episode out for now. Um, but let's get into what this podcast is. This is a Final Fantasy XIV storytelling podcast. That means that I play Final Fantasy XIV and record myself playing it in a audio only let's play format but in between the let's play i take moments to remove myself from the game and tell a narrative of what's happening to my character my character's name is flum johnson uh stay tuned to listen how that came up that's definitely in this episode so, without further ado, let's get started with Chapter 2 of Stories from Eorzea. Right now, I am standing in front of this big, tough guy with green skin and bulging muscles. He's wearing the yellow uniform of the yellow coats here in Limsa Lominsa. His name is Grafar, and he's going to take us to the Drowning Maiden. And no, that is not a woman about to drown, but rather a tavern where I hear all the adventurers hang out. So let's click on this guy and see what happens. Welcome to Limsa Lominsa. If you've a mind to visit the Drowning Wench, the Crow's Lift will take you there. I know that was a little bit of a voice. I have decided I'm not going to do major voices for each of the characters. I'm really bad at voice acting. And then we'll end up with voices like this. And with voices like this. And with voices like this. And this. And this. And this. And this. And it'll make my throat all messed up and that'll be no fun. I push through the opening door of the lift and into the drowning wench. It's quieter than I expected. One would think that a place full of adventurers would be boisterous. The type of place with gambling in the corners. The type of place where a brawl could erupt at a moment's notice. But instead, most of the tables are abandoned. It's the first real bit of quiet I've had since... Well, since I can remember. I scan my eyes over the clean tables, looking for an out-of-the-way place when my eyes meet with the man behind the bar. He's looking right at me and gestures for me to approach, but I turn away. This is my moment, my time to sit down, to open this strange book that appeared to me in the field of stars, my time to figure out what's going on. But the man behind the bar clears his throat and gestures again, more emphatically. I wonder if I've always hated people. Sighing, I give up the idea of studying for now and move to the bar. Let's get this over with. 
Uh, so I'm now standing inside a circular room that looks like it was hewn from stone. It looks like this was probably solid rock before some uh, intrepid minecrafter came in and decided to make a dome. Um, the floor is wooden around the edges, but it looks like it's uh, tiled on the floor with like different color stone tiles. There's some gray tiles and some red tiles and some brown tiles mixed in. There's about five tables. Um, most of the tables are empty. Uh, however, there's one with three kind of, I'm going to guess they're adventurers hanging out. There's another uh, with like two little, uh, oh, they're not elves. They're the, the little people, the um, Lalafels, I think is what they're called. Um, and they look like they're in close conversation. Uh, and then the third table is just this woman sitting at it all by herself um interesting interestingly enough there's like food on the table but not at her setting so it looks like she sort of has a invisible dinner dish um there's a bar in the back that sort of wraps around this uh curved room and at the bar is a guy with a green quest mark over his head that means i found my quest entry his name is batteron and he is standing behind the bar with his arms crossed. Um, he ha He's wearing like a blue tunic with like brown leather edging on the shoulder and around the bottom. On his hat, he also has a bandana. Um, and it's like a white bandana with like gray trimmings, maybe a design on it. Uh, maybe like an anchor or something. It's really hard to tell what that design actually is. Uh, but I'm going to hide and click on him. Oh, and I get a cutscene. It's a loading screen. Ooh, Batteron's pointing at a book. And I walk into him with my creaking leather. I nod at him, and he smiles and says, Greetings to ya, lass. I want to make it clear, this is not a um, storyteller choice I have made for this character to give him an accent. This is something the gamers have been given to him with punctuation and use of misspellings, and I want that to be clear that this is not my fault. Greetings to you, lass, he says. What'll it be? Ah, but you ain't here for the drink, are ya? You've come with a mind to try your and adventurin', I reckon. Well, you'll find no shortage of work here in Limpsa. Wow, this accent. The name's Batteron, and this most hospitable of hostilities is the Drowning Wench. It feels like I have rocks in my mouth. Tis also the Ohm of the Venturers Guild here in Limpsa. That's why we've got a desk specially for Andalin Guild business, and why we seem to spend more time saving the Nexo whelps like yourself than wetting the throats of me regulars, like someone stolen all the H's and D's in the world. Venturers have a knack for finding Chernobyl C and capital A's, too. Not that they need it in these parts, on account of there being Chernobyl wherever ye look, if ye manage to 
steer clear of the fishbacks and the kobolds outside the city. The pirates inside will get you instead. And if they don't manage that, there's always the Guardian Empire to finish the job. Oh, no one knows what they're planning, of course. But if they're planning anything, you can be sure it's to kill the lot of us. Aye, this town seems peaceful at a glance. But look again and you'll see people living in fear of what tomorrow might bring. And who can blame him after everything that happened? Eorzea took a mighty blow during the calamity, but our ohms weren't the only things what got wiped off the face of the existence by that thrice damned bastard of a dragon. What dragon? It took our bleeding memories too. The calamity. The word strikes me with such force that I almost stepped backwards. It's a physical blow that makes me real. Suddenly, the world around me shimmers, and a vision swirls into being around me. A memory? My memory? Or is it someone else's? I don't have time to think about it, because suddenly the sounds of swords striking shields is all around me, drowned out by the occasional explosion as flaming rock flies out of the heavens and smashes into the ground. Ooh. Now we're looking at red clouds and meteors falling from the sky. There's a giant moon thing that's falling out in of the, the clouds towards the ground. In the year 1572 of the sixth and most recent astral era, like, the Northern uh, Empire two armies of clashing. It's like watching Lord of the Rings. The, the vanguards clash together. There's an airship overhead. Ah, oh, there's magitech armor. Desperate resistance. The forces of the Aeorzean Alliance magic their fireballs in the field. And people Yet, clashing with the spear. Oh, that's a dragoon. The lesser moon, Dalamud, was plucked from the heavens through Imperial machinations. And Dalamud, I guess, is from the moon, its and it's getting closer and closer. The elder God, it just exploded, and there's a dragon inside. And now the dragon's unleashing all these meteors down on the world. And it just has these, like, ah, destroying everything. Oh, but there's a white mage that just, like, uses, like, weird matrix spell or something to, like, remake the moon around the dragon Bahumon. And now there's a white light. The white light consumes everything, eating the sounds of battle, devouring the sight of Bahuma, being imprisoned in the lesser moon Dalamud. It becomes everything, eternity and infinity all around me. And then the voice, that voice speaks again. Feel. Think. Think about what, I want to ask. But then the light is fading away, and I'm back inside the drowning wench. I'm bent over, using the bar to support my weight. By the twelve, what was that? I look up at Batteron, and the expression on his face says, Yup, that's an adventurer, alright. Strangest folk you'll ever meet. But if he's worried, he doesn't show it, because he just continues on with his story, bringing up the heroes of light. He goes on and says... None of the folks what saw it and lived to tell the tale seem to agree on how the tale actually goes. Tis all foggy, 
like recollections from an art night on the ale. You can imagine why people might fear for the future if they can't rightly recall the past. But there is one thing we all remember, and that's the group of venturers what laid down their lives to drag Aorizia back from the brink when she was bound for the abyss. This is the first I've heard of it. That sounds exciting. Well, I say we remember. Truth is, though we ain't forgotten what they did for us, this god's damned calamity spawned memory loss robbed us of their names. Hmm. It won't even let us picture their damned faces. Tis like staring at a gull flying in front of the sun. All you see in your mind's eye is a shadow set against a blinding glare. And that's how every bugger describes it, by the way. Give or take the odd gull. It's what got people calling these eateros the Warriors of Light. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's the Warriors of Light. We found them. It's every Final Fantasy's version of heroes and adventures. I'm going to be a Heroes of Light. I'm going to be a Warrior of Light. Anyways, Batteron goes on and says, If Limsa's ever going to put this time of darkness behind it, it's going to need venturers to help banish the fear. It's going to need new heroes like the ones we lost. Maybe one day, you'll be one of them. And that's why any aid we can give to a venturer is effort well spent. What say ye lass, ye willing to lend us your strength? Well, give me an option. No, I just nod. Me thanks to ye, and the navigator and all, I knew she steered ye my way for a reason. Lend us your strength? I am not one of his warriors of light. I almost say as much, but then I stop myself. Batteron is looking for heroes, practically begging for them. And that could be useful. I'm not sure how yet. But if he believes I have the potential to be a renowned hero, well, let him. Faith and hope are ever things that can be used to twist someone around my finger. Ah, but listen to me, yattering on like a sun-touched fishwife. Tis high time we got your mark in me book. Put your skirt all right there. And he points at the book. There's a black screen. And then he picks the book up and he smiles. And he says, Flum Johnson, is it? And a fine name it is. Congratulations, you're now an upstanding member of the Venturers Guild. Okay. I want to take a minute and talk about my character's name, Flum Johnson. Two things you should know about it. First, I thought it was a ridiculous name, but it's what I get for asking Twitter to name my main character. I thought about throwing it out, but then I decided, you know what? I asked Twitter. I knew what I was getting into. My character's name is Flum Johnson. It's ridiculous, but by the end of this podcast, it will be amazing. We're going to take this ridiculous name and spin a story like no story has ever been spun before. Also, although I will be referring to my character as Flum Johnson because narratively that is her name, uh, in-game I actually took the tag Mute Banshee 
Um, which, as I mentioned, I uh, now think that if this podcast ever really gets popular, I'm going to receive friend requests from all over. But you know what? I didn't tell you guys what server I'm on, and I'm probably not going to be super popular anyways. So, back to the story. Uh, I've kind of finished talking with Batteron, the innkeeper, and now uh, Yellow Jackets have arrived, and there's three of them this time. Um, two of them are the green skins that I've described before, except for one's a woman wearing a red helm instead of a black helm with like a feather on it. I'm actually wondering if she's like the leader of the group, even though she's not in front. Um, and then one of them looks like he's a, I'm going to call him human. That's not what they're called in, uh, Final Fantasy 14 world. And I forget what they're called in Final Fantasy 14 world, but I'm going with human. Um, other than that, other than the red hat though, they're all wearing the same yellow jacket, uh, picture. And the one in front, he says, you there, adventurer, you sailed in on the fair, you sailed in on the last ferry, did you not? The captain reported being attacked by a pirate vessel, and several witnesses have testified independently that a passenger matching your description went out on deck mere moments before the incident took place, sending your friends signals, were you? <gasps> Is the reason I didn't get to fight pirates because I'm a pirate? I'm a pi- uh, oh, I'm not a pirate. Batteron steps forward and holds out his hand uh, and says, Now hold on just a moment there, officer. You've got the wrong glass. This fine upstanding young lady is me dear departed grandma, sister's niece's cousin's closest companion. Am I really? I don't remember that. But then again, it could be true. This lass wouldn't be caught dead fraternizing with such unsavory elements. The yellow jacket shrugs and says, Is that right? Ahem. You are surely aware of the recent kidnappings. Respectfully, then, we cannot be too trusting of outsiders at a time when the loyalty of even our closest friends is in doubt. That sounds problematic. Dateron looks at him and says, Aye, you make a good point there, officer. A very good point. Very wise. You needn't worry, though. I keep one eye open at all times, me, and two more often than not. Now, sir, what say ye to a tankard o' me finest L afford ye return to your duties, eh? I keep one eye open at all times, and two more often than not. I'm pretty sure that is a Gandalf quote. Is that a Gandalf quote? Uh, now I have to go research it, and we're gonna play... Is this a Gandalf quote? I keep two... I, I keep one eye open, and two most... No, and two... I keep one eye open, and two more often than not. This is a quote. Uh, Google has given me eye disorders, understanding the cause, symptoms, and management of conjunctivitis, uh, everything you ever wanted to know about eyesores, but were too afraid to ask, and amblyopia, amblyopia, for Terrence-Kids-Helped. 
This is not what I was Googling for. What if I put it in quotation marks and add Gandalf? Oh, interesting. This isn't a Gandalf quote. There's a lot of reading here. Gandalf laughed. I hope you will, but nobody will read the book however it ends. I don't know what book he's talking about. Oh, they may in years to come. Frodo has read some already, as far it has gone. You'll keep an eye on Frodo, won't you? Yes, Gandalf says. I will. Two eyes, as often as I can spare them. Okay. Well, this wasn't a Gandalf quote. It was a Frodolf quote. No, this isn't Frodo. It's Bilbo. It was a Bilbolf. Bilbolf. Gandalf and Bilbo. Bil... Bilbolf. Bilbalf quote. Alright. Bilbalf. Nestor Adventure and Hobbit in all the land. <laughs> that was a fun interlude, wasn't it? The yellow jacket uh, looks at Batteron the innkeeper who just offered him some like ale to sweep this whole thing under the rug and the yellow jacket's like not super happy about it and he's like Fine, but you better not give us a watered-down cup of piss like last time. And Batteron shrugs, and he's like, I've got, I haven't got the faintest idea what you're on about, officer. The wench might offer some of the cheapest grog this side of the straight, or this side of the straight of Myrlthor. That's a name. But that don't mean it won't get ye good and pickled. And look, there's a chatter over there just crying out to be sat on. So kick off them heavy boots, eh? They go to sit down. I look at Batteron. And he says, you'll have to excuse these eager bloody yellow jackets. There's been a spatel kidnapping sea. And they ain't got a clue who's behind them. Naturally, they've taken to clapping irons on anyone who looks even vaguely suspicious, which means venturers, visitors, and pretty much every bugger else in this town. I bet I have to go solve kidnappings. Don't take it personal, though. Us Lomintsons can be an edstrong bunch of bastards, tis true. But given time, we'll grow on ye. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Welcome. To Limsa Lominsa, where the sea's as green as the faces only patrons after a too few mini black belly whiskies. <laughs> uh, now take a moment to gather your wits, and we'll get started with learning ye the ways of the city. And the camera has switched now to like an outside view of the city. Uh, there's this like wooden bridge wrapping around the mountain with all of these red and gold banners all over the place. Um, the vision is switching. Black screen loading. Oh! And I've completed a quest. As a reward, I get 50 experience and 103 gil. Ah, oh, there is quest complete music. Listen to that. Ooh. And text at the bottom that says, This concludes the introductory game tutorial. You have taken your very first step as an adventurer in the city of Limsa Lominsa. Listen well to the wisdom of Batteron Tenfingers. Then go forth and discover the incredible adventure that awaits you. 
I am pretty excited. There's some more tutorial stuff that came up, despite the fact they said I just finished the tutorial. And Badderon now has a flaming exclamation point above his head. I'm going to click on him again. And now he's offering me a new level one quest. I uh, get to go to another cutscene. And he says, right then, let's start ye off nice and easy with three tasks that'll help you get used to life here in Limsa. First, if ye head down a floor, then point your nose to the west, you'll get an eyeful of the great glowing crystal in the middle of the courtyard. Yes, I remember that. I described it. It was super, like, exciting. Batteron says, that's an aetherite, a device what can move ye from one place to another in the blink of an eye. Ain't no swifter way to travel, providing there's an uh, aetherite where ye want to go, of course. Have a chat with the yellow jacket on guard down there, and you'll be treated to a lecture on the workings of the device. Before ye do that, though, remember to touch the thing. Strange as it sounds, it won't work until you have. Interesting. Second on the list is the marketplace. You'll find weapons and armor and all your venturing bits and pieces for sale in the district what lies beyond the etherite. Don't go throwing your gill around just yet though, or you'll get fleeced quicker than you can say, where does me coin pour so light? Have a word with Swoozblatt instead. He's the head of the Merchants League, by the way. Swoozblatt. I just need a moment to draw attention to that name. Swoozblat. It sounds like the game Splat that you play while you're drunk. Swoozblat. Have you guys played Splat? Oh my gosh. You guys probably have never played Splat before. You guys, Splat was the most awesome game. It was a board game. And it came with four tubs of Play-Doh and uh, little uh, different, um, uh, I guess you would call them molds. And you'd put the Play-Doh in a mold to make like a playing piece and it would just come out as like almost like a pawn piece or whatever, right? Uh, it's kind of what it looked like and there were, uh, each of the Play-Doh were different colors. Um, and the idea was that you'd go around this board and it was kind of like a squiggly board, almost a little bit like shoots and ladders. And uh, you climb up the board using dice and uh, different pieces, did different things like go ahead three spaces or go behind three spaces, things like that. Um, but the most exciting thing that could happen is when you landed on the splat square. And when you landed on the splat square, you gotta take this plastic shoe and say splat and then slam it down on one of your opponent's pieces and that piece would get kicked off the board um and i think the rule was you could only introduce a new piece if you rolled like a one or a two um so like it was this really fun game where you had to get like four pieces to the end but people were always splatting your pieces and they were made out of Play-Doh, and it was so much fun. I want to play Splat now. Anyway, Batteron. Uh, give Swoobat this old octant, and he'll treat you well. And he gives me an octant. 
For the last of me helpful hints, I suggest you meet some fellow spellslingers at the Arcanist's Guild. I guarantee you'll learn a few new tricks from your tome if you decide to join their crew. Murdy at the front desk is the one to get you started. Got all that, lass? See into them 30 tasks will take on a little jaunt around the city and help you work out where everything is. Now I've best be getting on. Run along, yes? Budgrit, there I go, sending you off without telling you something crucial. That bloody calamity's made a right mess on me memory, I swear. Well, that or the ale. Any road, while you're out, if ye happen to pass any poor sods what look like they might need your help, consider giving their tales of woe a listen, eh? Sounds like a chore, I admit, but ye never know what interesting opportunities could be lurking out there, just waiting for ye to stumble on him. For example, Ninia over yonder's been casting glances at ye since she waltzed in. Why not lend an ear and see what she has to say? Aye, you're like to find yourself running odd errands in the beginning. But once you build a reputation as a woman folk can trust, the jobs will get harder and the rewards far more generous. And finally, if you've the time, I'd also seek the advice of the smith here and the wench. The lads as bear that title have some fine advice for them what are just starting out in the profession. And that, my girl, is how you go about becoming a legend among venturers. I'm not really here to be a legend, but I do admit that the prospect of making a reputation for myself... Hooray! I completed the quest. Anyways, the prospect of making a reputation for myself so that I can go do harder things, which will help me gain more power, really does seem to fit the narrative I want to tell with my character. So I'm just dismissing a bunch of uh, tutorial stuff that's come up. I got invited to a guild by some someone. It's called a free company. Um... And, uh, in the podcast, I'm going to take a little moment to pause here, which I don't often introduce ahead of time. Um, but narratively speaking, I want my character to sit down at a table, eat some food, maybe take out this book that I just got in that field of stars, open it up, look at what's inside. Badaron thought it was a magic book. I don't know if it's a magic book. But maybe it'll match the, like, tattoos on the ends of my fingers, and we'll do some storytelling here. So, I'm going to imagine that I've done all that storytelling ahead of time. My conversation finally over. I order a drink and sit down in a quiet corner. Sitting down feels wonderful. I close my eyes and take a few deep breaths. I can taste the salt on the ocean breeze the beer of the drowning wench, the foods providing lunch to all sorts of people. For the first time ever, no one is paying attention to me, and it's glorious. After a moment of meditation, I pick up my book and open it to the first page. There's only one thing written on it. Not all light is good. It's written in a delicate hand, centered in the middle of the page, and I stare at the words, reading them over and over. 
Not all light is good. What does that even mean? I start flipping through the book randomly, and I feel my heart begin to beat heavy in my chest. The book is filled with strange creatures and monsters, all of them bound up in chains. There are strange sigils, all perfect geometric shapes worked into intricate patterns. They are in the same style as the tattoos on my hands, although none of them match exactly. Some of the imprisoned monsters have names written below their pictures. Carbuncle. Ifrit. Titan. Each one bound in chains and surrounded by symbols. This is not a good book. But flipping through the pages excites me. There is power here, gifted to me in the field of stars, and I intend to use it. Alright, and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the story. I don't even know what it is yet. That part of the podcast is to be determined. Anyways, when we left off, Batteron had given me a quest uh, to attune myself to the Etherite, find Swoosblat at the market and listen to him talk at me for a little bit, and to visit the Arcanist Guild and let them talk to me for a little bit. Um... I've done a lot of talking here in this episode already, and we are 34 minutes in. Oh my gosh. I did not realize we'd been recording this long. Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, going to end the episode here. We got to meet Batteron. We stood up to some yellow jackets, and we have our real first quests. Um... Still not a ton has happened. Lots of exposition in the beginning of this game. Um, it's actually maybe something I kind of want to complain about. Um, if I had designed this game, this introduction would have uh, included a quick combat tutorial with some action. Probably with those pirates, but maybe not with pirates. Maybe with these kidnappers that have been mentioned. Or, heck, even just some guards in a training circle or something. But anyways, a place for me to test out my skills because I'm an hour into this game now. Which, admittedly, I am playing slower because I'm reading everything out loud. But that means half an hour into this game? Let's be generous and say that it would only be half an hour. Uh, that would still be half an hour of playing a brand new game without actually getting to do a single thing other than run around and click at people and watch cutscenes. So, um, I'm really hoping this picks up soon, uh, but I expect ne next episode will be a lot of talking too, so I guess this means I just really have to build up the narrative side of things. Anyways, um, I'll close out at the end of the podcast. But go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MuteBanshee3. That's MuteBanshee3. And we'll pick up next time in The Drowning Wench. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Stories from Eorzea. Um, I worked really hard on this. And it took me a long time, so I apologize again for the wait. 
Uh, the next chapter, I should hopefully be doing some more stuff, although I think there might be one more chapter of just running around talking to people in the city. And if that's the case, well, we'll make it through together. Um, until next time, my name is Alexis, my character's name is Flum Johnson, and we'll see you next time on Stories from Eorzea.